are Locked On Hawks Postcast, part of Locked On Atlanta on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into the Locked On Hawks Postcast. It is the best Hawks Post. Oh, goodness gracious. <laughs> Too much excitement. Too much I'm excitement. Like, My girl, we, right. It's not, it's not every day that we're like on a four-game winning streak for crying right. out loud. For crying out loud. <laughs> Wait, not, not just a four-game winning streak, but a four-game winning streak that took us five quarters to get it done, but they got <laughs> it done, right? So, yeah, I will be honest with you. It's so funny because while you're saying that, I literally, when we were getting – well, actually, this is uh, as, as I was getting ready, kind of heading back home from the game and of course I leave at halftime to come home and get ready for the postcast I was literally saying to myself like they're tied 64-64 this is a game and this is exactly what we were talking about when we talked about running the gauntlet so yes you are absolutely right I'm welcoming you guys into an exciting edition of the Locked on Hawks postcast and it is going to be your best Hawks talk every single day because it's this local insight and excitement you can't get anywhere else but right here at Locked on. I am Tanitra Batiste and the guy that just bailed me out of all of my excitement but still has all the joy I have is the one and only Deshaun Tate. Today's episode is brought to you by fans will make every moment more right now. New customers get $200 in bonus bets if your best bet of $5 or more wins. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on to get started. The Locked On Hawks postcast is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Deshaun, the Hawks got their fourth win. Not one, not two, not three, but fourth win in a row tonight. And they did it in fine fashion. It was an absolute barn burner. It was exciting exhilarating it was all points in between but the most important thing is it was a win 141 to 134 the final in overtime over the warriors we're going to talk about it in the deep dive how exactly they get there how does 30 drop 60 and you get a dub we're going to talk about it in the end one and of course we're not finished they're not finished there's one more game so they've got to try their best to put a bow on this homestand we'll talk about that and who got next but first We'll give you teeth and taste takes on this game tonight. Now, Tate, this was some kind of game, and you said the thing that made you beam on the outside and inside was the fact that, hey, don't look now, but these Hawks are learning how to win. No doubt. And listen, I think that I'm not sure that, you know, I, I proposed this question yesterday um, on the first game of the back-to-back, and it's kind of like, are we undervaluing what they're doing right now? And I think that we kind of have. Um, this is the team that you expected to see at the beginning of the season with the new coach being settled in and DeJounte being settled in and everybody being settled in and healthy and blah, 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 whatever, what have you. Um, looking at Jalen as being the cherry on top, not necessarily being the guy that has to lead the way. This is what we were talking about. This is the feel that we've been wanting for so long, hating that it's taken us so long to do this. Um, but it just kind of seems like they're learning how to win games. We've seen yeah, many of these yeah. wins earlier this season that look like they could have been, you know, identical to this one. Mm-hmm. But they weren't because they came in a one possession loss, maybe a two possession loss or something like that. Now they're learning how to finish out games, close games, how to start faster, how to, you know, finish on an exclamation point. Um, I think that we're learning, you know, that head coach Quinn Snyder is also learning how to coach the teams, learning when to take timeouts during the game and different things. So I think that they're just kind of 
growing as a team um and they're quieting the outside noise mm-hmm. you know trey is not maybe not paying as much attention to the stuff that's happening with all-star kind of seems like he's growing you mm-hmm. know the defensive aspect of him as well because i always want to wake that up because i think that people pretty much put too much emphasis on that a lot of times and mm-hmm. so for good reason and so now yeah. that we see some improvement in that um then it needs to be talked about just as much keeping the yeah. same energy so all of the things and they're playing together finally as a unit being connected the chemistry the camaraderie all of these things ultimately they're growing as a team and they're all those things equate into learning how to win they absolutely do and i think those are some good points that you make because i think about all the little things that i saw especially in that first half and i think that was important to see it in the first half to be able to establish and set a tone When I looked at Clint Capella, for example, him having his way early inside scoring for the Hawks' first seven points, eight points, five rebounds alone in the first five minutes. And we'll talk a little bit more about that Clint Capella and Onyeka Okongwu matchup and that duo and how they were able to battle and really, really dictate some things on the inside. But I like some of the things that I saw as well, like DeJounte Murray getting it done early and late. That was a cool thing because, you know, oftentimes we'd see the guy who had the hot hand or the guy who was really, really dominating in the beginning for the Hawks kind of fade out at the end of the game. And they're mm-hmm. that one possession, two possession game where they clearly could have won. The, the pendulum could have swung their way. It just didn't previously. I saw some nice ball movement again. And you know, for me, the definition of ball movement is not just the ball goes from one hand to two hands, mm-hmm. three hands to the fourth hand, but it's rather is there intentionality. And there was really mm-hmm. one play that man just kind of did it for me. And it was kind of like right there, this give and go kind of late in the first quarter where I saw the ball move from Trey to O, O to bogey, Trey back to O, who was Mm. then ready to do some damage. Now he did get fouled, albeit. But my point being, everything was with intentionality and there was some quick, sharp communication that we saw. Mm -hmm. And Yeah, I think you do talk about that and you have to give credit to some maturity and you have to give credit to some connected connectedness and some communication that we have just not seen at least not on a consistent basis meaning within game quarter to quarter and then game to game so yeah i love what we saw but hey if you wanted to know what was going to happen tonight you should have watched the show on january 30th because i said what i said and on january 30th you and i took a broad look at what this game was going to be right we were looking at hey it's a six game homestand and how are the Hawks going to get to 500 on the homestand? That was our mm-hmm. biggest thing because we would consider that to be a win. And one of the games that I gave them was the Warriors game. I said, you know, revenge can be a beast. And they got blown out. They got embarrassed at Golden State a week ago. And mm-hmm. I really thought that this was going to be an opportunity for them. What I liked that I saw was that it didn't necessarily come from the directions that you would have thought. Most people, yep. it's going to be Trey shooting. Mm-hmm. You know, shot for shot. And at first, Deshaun, it was like that. In the first mm-hmm. quarter, they were trade, trading buckets to the point where I literally tweeted to begin the second quarter, looks like this is going to be a duel tonight. And there were moments where it was, but what I loved about this win is that it came from directions that we never could have guessed it w- they would have come from. So, and that's what we're going to talk about in the deep dive as well. In the and one, we are definitely going to dive more into this game and tell you exactly how the Hawks got the win in overtime. This episode of our Locked on Hawks postcast is brought to you by FanDuel. 
Happy Super Bowl to all who celebrate from FanDuel, America's number one sports book. That's probably Chiefs country or what do they call it? Chiefs kingdom, rather, and 49ers country, 49ers nation, and anybody who just likes to watch a good game because I think that's going to be a good game. If you're like me, Super Bowl Sunday is maybe all about scoring the best seat on the couch because I like to watch the game sometimes in style too, sometimes at a party. It depends because I'm actually watching the game. But I also sometimes like to get to a good Super Bowl party, at least for the first half of it, and grab my favorite football snack and really kind of some people may enjoy placing bets on the game. FanDuel might be the way you can do that in a lot of ways, and that way you end the NFL season on a high note. Not only can you bet on who win the Super Bowl, but FanDuel also has bets for Super Bowl 58, which include players who will score a touchdown, how many points will be scored, and so much more. So new customers, it's your day. You can join today and you'll get $200 in bonus bets in your first bet of $5 or more or wins. Just visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official partner of the NFL. All right, Deshaun, this game had some really, really encouraging things for Hawks fans. Going back to Trey, his final stat line was 35 points on 12 of 21 field goals, 7 of 11 shooting from three tonight to go with six assists and a steal. And you talked a little bit about some things that you saw in Trey's game tonight. But if you dig into that stat line or maybe even beyond the stat line, where did you see Trey making his biggest contribution? Um. Excuse me. I think that it was certainly on the defensive side of the ball. I mean, listen, I was like, uh oh, I don't know what to think. They're putting him on Clay Thompson. Don't forget, this is one of the best shooters that we've ever seen. We know that it's not the same Clay Thompson that we've seen, you know, over the years and what have you. Um, but yet, still, um, number one, that's their problem. Number two, um, he's still Clay. You know, at yeah. the end of the day, instead of, you know, it being a what 10 point performance or something mm -hmm. along those lines, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, instead of in two for something crazy, whatever the stat, uh, maybe 10 points, four for 19 from the field, two for 13 from three. That mm -hmm. same player, it could easily be um, someone that's putting up Steph Curry type numbers because we've seen it sure. from him before. Yep. So with Steph having to be drawn to that assignment, and I get it, Trey was definitely getting some help, and there was definitely some switches amongst other things. He was doing a fairly good job of holding his own and closing out on someone and getting up underneath. You know, when you have to de defend a shooter, you have to get uh, essentially kind of like get underneath their legs because when that jump shot is coming from the hip and we know they have quick releases and everything else, he was being as disruptive as a small guard as he possibly could be. Uh, and I think that he did a phenomenal job. So where everyone else may look at necessarily, you know, the um, the offensive side and what Trey does from a shooting standpoint, obviously with the assist, very cerebral player, high IQ and everything else. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm kind of, I want to stay on the wake up the defense train because mm -hmm. again, We've heard so much about this poor defense and how he can't guard anybody. And that's always overshadowed anything that he did do positive on the offensive side of the ball that we have to wake up what he's been able to do on the defensive side of the ball as well, which I might add makes this whole all-star snub thing just that much more ridiculous. Yeah. Which is probably why he is the odds on favorite, kind of the betting man's favorite to be the one who will get the, call up from the injury replacement of we now know Joel Embiid 
and or Julius Randle. So we'll see what actually happens there. But for me, it was taking the opportunities that a year ago, two years ago, three seasons ago, Trey would have just heaved the ball up at, at moments so early in the clock. Mm-hmm. But getting across the half court point and really working the clock in certain possessions, that's what I liked. That is nothing you're going to see on the stat line, but that's what I like to see because at the end of the day, those are the little nuances that help to keep, get the other players involved. And that's why we have been talking a lot of late about Hawks five, six and seven Hawks in double figures for the Hawks going, getting double doubles. We've been having that conversation for the last several games. And a lot of that you have to attribute to Trey because again, He's taking shot quality shots, but also not just quality shots, but high IQ shots. And then mm-hmm. it makes a difference. And you look at the fact that the Hawks were in a situation where any other time Steph Curry shoots and hits 60, the dubs don't win a dub or don't get a dub. Probably not going to happen. But tonight it actually happened. And when you dig deep into the numbers, you kind of see that on so many levels, whether it's from field goal percentage or whether it's from three-point land or just just about any number that you look for when you look down the team stat line. They look very, very similar, except the Hawks actually pulled it out in overtime. And I think it's because as similar as the numbers look, I will say in the majority of categories, the Hawks had a slight edge as well. And I think a lot of that is where the Hawks, except points in the paint. That's probably the one place. Yeah, where I'll yeah, say, yeah, yeah, yeah. That no was a different level. Yeah, not exactly, even close. So, it, and, and I want to kind of talk about that as a two-parter, but I do believe that that even in the fifth quarter, where really how the Hawks pulled away was DeJounte Murray, but we know that it was also because of some domination in the paint. But let me say, with what DeJounte Murray was able to do, he's one of those guys, and this is one of those times where – don't let his stat line fool you. Don't let his stat line fool you because you might look at his stats and you might say, oh, wow, he only scored 19 points tonight on mm-hmm. nine or shooting, didn't make a three, including that three that could have iced the game mm-hmm. at the end. But what he did do was he kept shooting. He had five rebounds. He had seven assists. And he was able to play through foul trouble because he literally had three fouls with about three, four minutes left in the first half. So that's why I think so much credit goes to him to be able to reset himself and kind of make sure that he had an impact, not just in the second half, but Deshaun, we know your best ability is your availability. And by him playing a smart game, the second half, he was available in that overtime, that fifth quarter. So five going off in five Q is how the Hawks won this game. Yeah. I mean, you know, when you, when you factor in, you know, I think where we saw some of the growth, for example, um, from Trey, right? He could have been the person that's trying to go shot for shot and make a point, make a statement and everything else, the way that Curry was hitting shots, trying to follow up. And while he did do that to some degree, um, trying to go shot for shot, he didn't do that on every possession. The calcul- the risks that he did take uh, were shots that he did make, and they were calculated risks. But some of the others was, Oh, so you guys are just going to double team me. I'm going to get some of these other guys involved. 
As for DeJounte Murray, who had a big, you know, first of all, he comes into this game, I think, eighth consecutive uh, game scoring 20 plus points. He ends up with 19, which is one shy. That's perfectly fine. But again, like I mentioned on last night's postcast, when you factor in the job, I mean, listen, his job was to chase around number 30 all night. That's enough already as it is on anybody's plate. I don't care who you are, but it was a team win. Oyeka Okongu, dare I say, three straight games shooting a three-pointer and making it. By the way, he did that twice on tonight. Uh, the the offense that me and you have talked about and have ridiculed from time to time, being having you know expressing some mm-hmm. of our concerns and reservations about mm-hmm. not having the offensive skill set um, to be able to yeah. go with that center position. I don't know what mm-hmm. Oyeka and 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 Clint combined for tonight between points and rebounds. But it was enough to make me close my mouth. Uh, so yeah. from that standpoint, bogey off the bench. I mean, the whole nine. And remember, and I'm going to say this is my last point. Remember, without two of your best defenders on this team, especially on the perimeter for a team that, you know, is so heavily fixated on perimeter play. These are two of the best shooters, if not the two best shooters that we've ever seen as far as a duo in this game. When you don't have a Sadiq Bay at the three and you don't yeah. have a DeAndre Hunter really at the three, you have to insert a Garrison Matthews. Who the hell is that? I have no clue, but I know he was in a Hawks uniform tonight and I got to give him his flowers. For the first <laughs> time, Tanitra, and please forgive me because I get a little long-winded, but I'm really excited for this team and I've been waiting mm-hmm. on this moment. For the first time ever, we have an opportunity to really, uh, 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 or the first time this year, just really feel like th- 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 this this run in these last three or four games have really mm-hmm. felt like what they did during the Eastern Conference Finals. These aren't Sean, against bum teams. No, these are. Nope, I was with nope, you. Nope, nope, I was with you. Hear me out. I was hear me no out. Walk with me. Walk with me. Walk with me. Walk with me. These aren't. These aren't just against okay. anybody. This is against the this is against the this is against the best player in the NBA. A lot of people's goats. This is against arguably or inarguably the one of the best scores that we've ever seen play this game in Kevin Durant. This is also against the best shooters Uh that we've ever seen. If you don't get a better feeling out of that, that's as close as it can get to the run you made. I don't know what would be. Well, I don't think that. Well, see, here's the thing, though, and we got to remember, yes, these are those players, but these are also those players who are not in their prime, as in when the Hawks were on that Eastern Conference Finals run, everybody they ran into was in their prime. So I do think we have to level set there. I also think we have to level set at the fact that the Hawks weren't didn't have a losing record when Nate McMillan took over. I'm pretty sure if I remember correctly, they were 500. This is still a team that's middling. And I had to look at the record just to make sure they're still 22 and 27. So we still want to kind of level set in that regard. And I think that when we talk about seven or eight or nine games, then you can start talking about that. I thought, wasn't it like an 11 game stretch that the Hawks went on when Nate McMillan took over? Because they lost the Miami game and then Lloyd Pierce got fired and then they played Miami again and then they beat him. And then they went off. And I'm pretty sure it was like 11 straight games that they won once Nate took over. And then they went on to go on that run for the Eastern Conference Finals. I just said that I was retiring and I'm sticking by what I said. I retiring conversation, commentary and comparison to the Eastern Conference Finals because I just think that's a ship that sailed. Like that's not the same team. This is not the same team. 
that was here in 2019. That's a totally different team. So I just want to more look at it like, let's just call it for what it is now. Let's say this is a team that is starting to gel at the proper time. No offense to anyone who's a Bulls fan, for example, but Zach Levine is done for the season. This is a team that's only a, a game and a half ahead of the Hawks. So they have an opportunity there, albeit you never want to do it on the backs of a player having to have his season end over surgery, foot surgery. But it is what it is. And that's an opportunity for the Hawks to move up. I think I kind of want to stay there mm -hmm. in terms of where their next step is rather mm -hmm. than kind of starting to compare and contrast them to what was. I think that's kind of how people get so frustrated too when they see these Hawks because they're like, and when they ran to the Eastern Conference, you know what the hell happened in, in 2019 for that? that like every you could think of went exactly how it was supposed to go start to finish and again pretty sure they strung 11 games together and that wasn't the first time they that wasn't the only time they actually had you know five game win streaks six game win streaks throughout that run this is the first time we're seeing a four game win streak this season so I just kind of like want to temper it there but I do want to go back to something else and that's why I was kind of scraping and scrambling through my um my email, because I had a cool email stat that I can't find or email that I got from the Hawks that I can't quite find, but I at least can give you the base of Clint Capella and Onyeka Okongu combining for 39 points and 31 rebounds. That's oh crazy. God. That's yeah, that absolutely is. crazy. Especially when you think about the fact that CC had a double-double in the first half. 32nd yeah. time he's done it yeah. in his career, but only the first time he's done it this season. To me, that's two things. And we'll talk about that in the next segment as well. But the most important thing is shout out to Quinn Snyder because Quinn Snyder early saw the mismatch, saw the advantage inside and completely took advantage of it to the tune of about 72 points in the paint for the Hawks to 56. And that's the kind of margin that helps you to win a game in overtime. Hey, when we come back, like Deshaun said, time to tie a bow on the homestand. This episode of our Locked On Hawks postcast is brought to you by PrizePix. PrizePix is the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America. They're easy and most exciting way to play DFS or daily fantasy sports. It's just you against the numbers instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros and sharks. You pick more than or less than on two to six players, stat projections, and watch the winnings roll in. Now, with the basketball season upon us, and actually we are going into the third quarter of the basketball season, you can now pick combo projections across football and basketball from the specials league, a league created specifically for combo projections that include two or more players from different sports or leagues. So we've been telling you guys, Trey might be that guy because once again, he got over that 30 point mark. Once again, it's just unbelievable what he's able to do. And there's a good chance that a guy named Travis Kelsey might get over the mark of at least getting one touchdown, if not more, in that upcoming Super Bowl. So Price Picks has one more thing that I think is really cool, and that's the reboot policy where your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. So whether it's football or basketball, if a player exits the game in the first half, doesn't return in the second, that player is rebooted, and they are the only daily fantasy sports platform with an injury insurance policy. So you can check them out by going to prizepicks.com slash locked on NBA and use code locked on NBA for a first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepicks.com slash locked on NBA. Daily fantasy sports made easy.
All right, Deshaun, it is time for the Hawks to really put a bow on this. I mean, an unprecedented for this season, five-game stretch of wins if the Hawks are actually able to close it out against the Clippers Monday night. It'd be a great way, a great way to close out this homestand. It's such a stretch of quality wins. How do they get it done? Um, I'll say this. I, I think that this is a team that, you know, and Trey kind of mentioned it in the post game that has kind of relied quite a bit on its rebounding and its defense. You just yes. pick up where you last left off. I think those really have been the, you know, I guess common denominators or key mm-hmm. ingredients to what has led to wins against these Western conference teams already at this point, Indeed. I'm kind of wishing that we could play Western conference teams for the rest of the season at right. state farm <laughs> arena. Um, <Right. laughs> but nonetheless, um, I think also DeJounte Murray being aggressive, uh, something else that Trey alluded to um, and mentioned, I think that, you know, that's something he has to continue to do. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I kind of hope that we don't put ourselves in position to where we have to rely on DeJounte Murray in the fourth quarter all the time for him mm-hmm. to pull us through to a degree. I'm glad it happens the right. way that it's been happening. Right. Um, but I definitely don't, you know, feel like, you know, using it. Oh, well, don't worry about it. You know, we, we got DeJounte. He'll come through for us in the fourth. Uh, yeah. I, I don't like that idea. I'm sure they don't set it up that way and it just happens. Um, but outside of that, I I, I want to say something else. Speak to you know the some of the the fan base. Like the the Hawks have done a good job of making sure that it's been you know very loud because on, on oh, these last yeah. these last three days we've had some really star studded you know or or just you know really you know um um just really popular or uh, uh, I guess athletes that have been coming into our arena. And there's been a lot of fans that's been cheering on the opposite team. Uh But, you know, I expect for that to continue in happening where the Hawks fan base, diehard Hawks nation have Mm -hmm. kind of been trying to, you know, overpower a lot of those voices and cheers and chants and different things like that. A lot of people love Paul George and Kawhi Leonard and, all of these other guys, you know what I mean? James Harden. So I I look forward to hearing from uh from everybody in red that'll be rooting on the Hawks on tomorrow. Yeah, and I know. Well, and Monday. on Monday, right? Yeah. Monday. And I know it's difficult because it's Atlanta, it's Monday, it's traffic, it's a beast. But yeah, for them to close this out on a positive note, while I don't think you're gonna see nearly as many Clippers fans because they're not nearly as many of them, especially not outside <laughs> of LA. Let's just be real about the thing. But you're not going to see as many of them as you saw Lakers fans. You're not going to see as many as you saw Warriors fans. But you'll see some. Hawks, make sure your fan base comes out and shows up bigger than they did. Because tonight, when it counted, yeah. the Hawks fan base showed up bigger. In the, yeah. in the beginning, it was, it was a little, scary. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the was out here jacking up threes, and it was like, oh, this might be a long night. Yeah. But man, once the Hawks settled in, the fan base followed and stayed the course until the very end. And you're right. That's where the Hawks are getting back to something that has worked well for them for several seasons now. And that is home cooking. The Hawks have been a really good team at home. It was very, very confusing for us to see the Hawks take L's this way that they've done so far this season until recently, until recently. Now they're looking more like the team we're more accustomed to seeing feeding off of the energy of the crowd. And maybe Deshaun, that's because honestly we've had to see more non-starters than we're accustomed to. 
So sure. a Sadiq Bay, you know, and when I, I say that, meaning you have players who've been inserted into the starting lineup or players who were never at the top of the bench mob, starting to be at the top of the bench mob and getting minutes mm-hmm. that they weren't getting, mm-hmm. those kinds of players, your role players or your bench mob, your second unit, they usually feed off of a home crowd better than anybody. And so it's good to see that they're finally maybe starting to feel like the Atlanta crowd is their crowd as well. Not Bogey per se, not Onyeka Okongu, but I'm talking about the new guys, a mm-hmm. Garrison Matthews, a Wesley mm-hmm. Matthews, or even now Sadiq Bay going through a full season with this Hawks team. I think that's one. And I think you already pointed out one other one, and I'll point out the, the third, but the second one is rebounds. When you look at the win that the Cavs got over the Clippers, the last team to beat them, that's how they beat them. They beat them on the inside and they beat them on offensive rebounds. And they also beat them on the inside with points in the paint. That's the formula that worked tonight. That's the formula mm-hmm. that worked against the Lakers. That'll mm-hmm. be the formula that works against those Clippers. On Monday. Yep. I agree with you. I couldn't have said it better myself. Indeed. So we, of course, will be back on Monday to talk all things Hawks. And we are so looking forward and hopeful that we'll be able to talk to you guys about another quality win. We appreciate you for stopping by the Locked on Hawks postcast. And remember to like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. And of course, for more on the Hawks, check out Locked on Hawks with our guy, Brad Brolin. Have a good rest of the weekend. You should. The Hawks won. Should be a great weekend for you. We'll see you Monday night.